Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to Podcast 83. My name's Dan and I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Michael. Hello. Moscow White. Hello. And Oddie. Hello. Gentlemen, we have issue two of our fanzine, Hot Off The Presses, today. Hot On The Presses, it won't be off yet. It's midway through the presses today, right now. Tell me about this exciting fanzine. It's got a lot of excitement in it. Masim Ocellino is on the cover. Magnificent cover, God to say. That's high praise indeed from us. <laughs> we didn't it's, do it though, none of us did it, so we're allowed to praise it. It's got lots of great stuff in there. There's a big, from the archives, with this being our 25th year, hashtag TSB25, <laughs> is an old article. It claims to have been written by Michael Kane in April 1992. I don't think it's that Michael Kane, but whoever it was turned down the opportunity to exhibit their art at the Paris Art Fair to go and watch Leeds United play Tottenham. And on the way they dreamt about... Um, uh, Billy Bremner being trapped by Franz Beckenbauer, amongst other things. That's in there and it's really good, even if it is really old. And then there's stuff about Ross McCormack um, and Man United. The two most Leeds United relevant subjects <laughs> you could possibly So that's Eric Cantona, Ross McCormack and Manchester United in your shiny new copy of the square ball. On sale for only... Shall we charge a fiver for this one since it's got so much excellent Leeds content? I think we should. And by the time you hear this, it will be on sale via thesquareball.net. And don't forget, you can get your subscriptions there too. White watching. Well, gents, we can be quite happy about the last set of games because we between us pretty much confidently predicted four points out of the two away games and four points were netted. We said a win and a draw. We kind of predicted the other way around. It'd be a win at Birmingham and a draw at Bournemouth. But still, that's probably the most accurate we've been in years. Ever. Yeah. And it was more satisfying this way around anyway, I would say. We've worked out that we don't need to beat Birmingham to upset Lee Clark. You can just draw and he'll still be coming out crying, so that's all right. I mean, which one would you rather upset more, Eddie Howe or Lee Clark? It's a tough call, isn't it? We've upset them both. Eddie Howe doesn't ever get upset, not really. He gets a little bit cross. I don't think he really shows his true feelings. He's one of those who will be I am really upset about this. No one's just like... Yeah, but you don't seem all that upset. It's like, no, you don't seem to understand just how upset I actually really am. And it's just like... No, you're right. Yeah. It's like, Eddie, your dog's died. You don't seem that bothered. It's like, no, actually, I'm empty inside. I'm devastated. <laughs> Not really showing it, to be honest. All things said and done about these games with the points, we didn't play particularly well in the first half of either. First halves, though. <laughs> first half's dead. Is it energy conservation, maybe? I don't know. It's, it's about springing them in the second half. Both away trips you see so it's a long way down there and we're just giving the fans a chance to to get there i think redfern had, had heard that there was traffic trouble in the midlands he just said first half don't bother doing anything so when the fans turn up they won't have missed anything redfern's just going for the grayson tactics bit of shit in the first half come back and do well in the second half speaking of uh, grayson i noticed preston went three up and then drew three all yesterday oh simon thought. it's so simon is that isn't it mm. oh, still where's john parking yeah so let's talk about birmingham then we went behind John Belushi. Was he at fault for the goal there? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I was trying to be kind, yeah. you know. Just kind of stop playing. If you're marking somebody, probably need to actually keep an eye on what they're doing. It, it wasn't even a bit of clever movement. He didn't kind of lean one way, run around the back of him. He just sort of went, I'm just going over here. And Belushi let him. And then he scored. And he broke the net. He did. 
That was a scintillating... Oh, I, I thought permanently at one stage. The net repair didn't look that complicated. It looked like they just needed to tie it back yeah, on. Yeah, and then they brought out a whole new pole. I thought the original pole's fine. That's probably where a they piece, went wrong. A piece of string yeah. is all you need. Instead of fixing it, they tried to replace it. And then you find out a reason why the replacement has been at the back of a cupboard for 20 years, because it's broke anyway. Then you have to get the first one, try and put that back, and then you can't remember which one's the first one. You can't find the bit of string that was originally attached. Nobody's got a bit of string. Somebody has to take the belt off and wrap that round. Someone else in the crowd, some... Sorry, get over to Villa and borrow one. Yeah, some honey bunch coming down from the taking the tights off, saying, tie these round the the thing and it'll work that used to be in car adverts yes it's it back works. in the day <laughs> definitely i still got halfway through that and thought this needs an explanation <laughs> what are you tying around uh we it's, we, like, it's an orange an orange in the mouth the tights around the neck <laughs> okay that sort of thing using tighter, tighter. using hosiery cut off my gas cut off my gas using ladies hosiery to repair uh football nets what, what, can, you, what can you fix on a car with it um the, belt. the, belt. the fan belt ah okay Every day's a school day. Uh, <laughs> Alex Mower talks to me about Alex Mower and his equaliser. It does need emphasising that the first lot of this game, like the first hour, was dire. We did not go into Birmingham's half at all. Just didn't bother. The one time we did was when Billy Sharp back healed it to Stephen Warnock, who raced down the left wing like a modern day Dorigo, crossed it into the box, and then realised that like, Billy Sharp was still behind him because it was him who set him up. But Mowat's goal, why doesn't he always do that? Why's he only scored one goal if he can do that? With a broken toe? Maybe Dave Hockaday knew and that's why he, uh, he shit-canned him. Because <laughs> he's only ever going to score once. Yep, and that's it. He's <laughs> done for the season now. Yeah, it does make you wonder when you see Mowat and Cook in the team what Hockaday was thinking playing the uh, Tong and uh, Norris. 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 And even Norris got a game. He wasn't thinking. Pointless. Really. Utterly pointless. So it's good to see Mowat back because I think he, he did well last year and he faded out a bit towards the end probably because we played him until he uh, he packed in a bit like we did with Byram although now we've broken his toes so <laughs> although one broken toe one goal let's snap some more <laughs> it is worth pointing out by the way that I um, I was asleep after work on Saturday morning and I awoke moments before our equaliser went in I found uh, the Sky app on my phone stuck it on as soon as I woke up boom you're like the bagpuss of Leeds United you wake up and all the toys wake up and then you go to sleep and they go back to sleep again. I'll wait till we come on to Bournemouth. Um, thoughts then generally on um, on the Birmingham match? Anything we can take out of that? Things we need to learn, not do again, do more of? Yeah, it was good to upset Lee Clark. That's the main thing we can take away from this one. What was he upset yeah. about this time? Them not being awarded a penalty, which was not a penalty. Oh, he dived. He, cle- he, di- he yeah. clearly dived. Oh, mm-hmm. No, according to Lee Clark, I'm really frustrated. The defender doesn't touch the ball and he hangs his leg out. He stopped my play from getting to the other side. Damarai is devastated by that. I've seen him get kicked from pillar to post in training <laughs> sessions, and he doesn't do that. He never goes down. <laughs> Even That's I was too happy. Yeah, it was like he was in the room then. Yeah, that was a generic um, northeast. Even for anyone wondering, the player just took it. He was like, "Yeah." He yeah, stood okay, up and he was right. like, "Shit, yep." Yeah, no, but, and it's not often that you actually see a defender move his leg back that much. Like, oh, I am going to foul him, but if I move my leg out of the way, it won't be a foul. And it almost got awarded as a penalty anyway. Well, in Lee Clark's eyes, it was. Although, how he could see through the tears. <laughs> yeah, hang, hanging a leg out isn't actually an offence, is it? In, mm. Unless someone falls over it. Hanging a leg out. <laughs> <laughs> let's not. Let's not offend anybody. Come on. I like who's, who's put this description on the prep sheet here. Lee Clark is still a horrible little goblin of a man. That was me. Oh, that's, I like that. Nice turn of phrase, Michael. You, you should have read it to the end. Who defends cheating bastards. And doesn't believe in systems. <laughs> I watched that again the other day. The the systems interview. Don't talk to me about systems. <laughs> having, having called him a cheating bastard, by the way, I think I quite like us to sign him, that grey fella. He looked amazing. He looked really, really good. I think he's, he's just what we're lacking. Yeah, I, I started having treacherous thoughts of like, I mean... Mowat had just scored his goal, and that's great. And Lewis Cook looks like a, a tidy, elegant midfielder. But can't we just have somebody who can run really fast and dribble around loads of defenders? Because Lewis Cook looks brilliant, but, you know, ball retention isn't going to get no, you listen. heart racing. No, 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 no. Wingers, dead. What does it say about Clark's training sessions as well, that he's seen him get kicked from pillar to post in training? <laughs> yes. Intervene, Lee. Boot him! Boot him! No one's not happy. Let him know you're there. He's like, no, it's, it's a... It's five aside. It's training. Just let the lad play. It's head tennis, Lee. <laughs> Wallop. Uh, moving on to Bournemouth then. Um, and what feels, anyway, it feels like it, a watershed moment almost. It was a big win. I'm still a bit unsure. I feel like we're going to follow it up with a heavy defeat. 
Oh, no doubt. That's what we, that's what we <laughs> No, want. no, we will. But we will. I think we, we are going to win and lose games. But it felt like you saw a resilience that perhaps we've lacked in recent seasons and the fact that we've now come from behind twice. And in particular in that fashion at Bournemouth, it felt like something almost clicked a little bit. Even if it's just mentally with the players. This is what's crucial about the shit first halves, great second halves, is we're ending every game thinking, that was brilliant. Birmingham, we came away and I was like, Moa, what a player. This is we finally turned the corner. Bournemouth came away 3-1, Belusky. Antonucci's a fantastic striker who never gets caught offside. It, life couldn't be any better, uh, but if you put the two first halves together, I watched it in the pavilion, if it had been 90 minutes of the first half at Birmingham, the first half at Bournemouth, it would, probably would have been burnt down. That would have taught Ken Bates a You lesson. do know, though, it is a game of two halves, don't you? What? <laughs> um, and I'd like to point out as well that I didn't put my... <clears throat> I found on the internet a link to a match that I watched of this game. Completely very legal. Right. Uh, Yeah, yeah, um, legal thing. And I switched it on about 30 milliseconds before Dukara slotted it in the net. So I'm claiming both our good performances since I switched on. You're a solipsist. A what, what? Is that the word? People Mm -hmm. think that... They are God. They are the sun. The world (laughs) revolves around. Yes, something like that. (laughs) Chilino. Yeah. You are Massimo He's another Chilino. one. <laughs> well, he t- he was the what changed the game at Birmingham when he turned up at half-time, fresh off the jet. Everybody said he was back on Thursday from Miami where he'd been working hard at trying to find us a new head coach. And then he just turns up at half-time dressed as the Fonz. Like when, you, when your parents come home early. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> Get out, everyone. <laughs> Put some clothes on. Well, I um, listened to the Bournemouth game, partly on the radio, partly on, via Twitter, which is very confusing. First 20, 20 minutes, half an hour, and Lewis Cook was out of his depths. This game's too big for him. Generally, we were on a bit of a downer, and we seem to turn it around. Cook is the messiah. The situation at Not that we're putting him on a pedestal. No. And he's fortunately got both his legs intact as well. Mm. Um, and Adrian, because he didn't play, hasn't gone home. So two of my predictions didn't come to pass, which That's I'm pleased shame. about. Well, um, what I will say is, you're looking good so far for you. He doesn't look like he'll ever score a prediction for Dukara. What about Antonucci? How many like people- alphabetic spaghetti? He's making you eat your words. How many people said that about Antonucci against Birmingham? That guy's never going to get kept on side, let alone score. Talking about yeah, Dukara. Um, talking about Dukara. Silvestri, you said he's going to play this. Yes, don't see, you, I'm don't right you, about don't Silvestri. You start balance, defending him, balance. Silvestri the cat. He is and good. Anyway, yeah. let's talk about the goals. Dukara, nice turn and finish. Thumbs up. Came out of nothing. It was great. So I think even you have to say about that goal that he didn't look like scoring, mm. and then he scored. Snapshot. I so the stream I was he watching hit it well. Left me in suspense because the ball went through to him, and I saw him. I saw him pull his leg back to strike it, but I think. He but maybe just about made contact with the ball. Buffering! And it froze. <laughs> and, I'm like, and then it cut back on a few seconds later and he was by the corner flag celebrating. <laughs> I thought, fucking that's internet. The Birmingham game, I watched the, the game on my phone. It didn't buff it, it just stopped. Someone actually put the radio on as well, so the phone was about 15 minutes behind the radio, which is very confusing. But <laughs> like being thrown into the future like a, like your own DeLorean. Mind you, Oddie still doesn't understand it when he goes to the cinema and the speaking on the film. <laughs> There's a man behind the screen. <laughs> Where's the orchestra gone? <laughs> Tell me about John Belusky's goal. I think the prelude to John Belusky's goal is dealing with the fact that he's really quite a bad defender. <laughs> he's <off. laughs> I actually, he's actually endeared me to him more though because he's completely reckless at the back. We've paid 1.6 million for him, but you know he twatted in a really good free kick. So that header against Birmingham. Where he just headed it backwards, nearly over um, Silvestri. Amazing. And he didn't seem that bothered. I said like, in the last podcast, he's far too relaxed to be a defender. He's just like, oh, I just let it, I'll let it bounce, then I'll control. Oh, fuck. I'll just, gonna, I'll just nod this. Oh, that's nearly gone in. And he tried that again. The, the bounce that all went wrong against Watford. He did that again against Bournemouth, where there's <laughs> that ball's coming down. And he learned absolutely nothing. He just missed it. A dropping ball from on high. I'm sure I'd probably have a decent chance of just booting it back where it came from. But he, for some reason, is like, nah, nah. Hey, I let it bounce, hey? <laughs> I saw um, somebody claimed that last night was like the best defensive performance we've had for years. No. The ball was bouncing in our six-yard box all the time, and it's not... And it's his fault. Jason Pierce. we know what he can do. And we know what he can't do when Liam Cooper plays, because Pierce can only do it on the left. But then, if you have Pierce at his best... You've got Belusky just kind of going, hey, Jason, don't worry about it. If they score, they score. <laughs> I take free kicks. Apparently he's never 
scored. That's his first goal. It is, was it Catania we got him from? Yeah, yeah he's never it? never scored for them. And yet, you see that free kick, and I described it as floating into the top corner really, really quickly. Because it, it wasn't like he absolutely hammered it, mm. um, and it wasn't like a, a chip. It just seemed to go really, really fast. It reminded me of Beckham's one against Greece, you know, in that game that we equalised in the last yeah. minutes qualify for the World Cup. Similar to that, a lot of massive distance out that so to such an extent that you kind of go well I mean when Beckham did it you saw you still went oh that's a bit far out when you saw that shit defender for us stepping up you thought <laughs> fucking hell this is going over the stand yeah and when you saw um, saw him running off to celebrate and Rudy Austin marching off in the opposite direction going wasn't that good <laughs> I'm on my stream I had no commentary so it was just it, it happened and I, it took me a moment to think hang on that, that counts it's gone in it, it's a goal yeah. we've scored we're in front it's really there odd was, watching a game without commentary isn't it just crowd noise there was chairs flying in the pavilion we had Tom and Eddie not making much sense I think they were conscious of the fact that people were watching but also you can't commentate on radio and TV at the same time is what I think they've learned but it doesn't matter when you see a free kick like that because chairs just go flying which is very exciting very typical for Bournemouth. I don't think any of them reached the, the south coast. <laughs> That'd be a hell of a chuck. And finally then, Antonucci, he went through there and my first instinct after watching the replay of that, perhaps rather unfairly, was I thought McCormack had have spooned that into the keeper. Nice. Well, it wasn't his... McCormack's strength was never one-on-one. McCormack's strength was being good at all those things that we haven't seen Antonucci be any good at so far. He's got a lovely beard. He's got a lovely beard and he uh, was drinking in Spencer's after the Birmingham game by by all internet accounts, which is a one way of endearing yourself to the fans. Because I think Birmingham, everybody lost it a bit with Billy Sharp and then lost it a bit with the Antonucci because of his sheer inability to stay on side. But it was only Antonucci who turned up in Spencer's, so he's now a crowd favourite. <laughs> Billy Sharp, yeah, days are numbered at Leeds. <laughs> the offside thing does seem a bit of a um, of a recurring theme with him, which given he's, I mean, he's not very quick because he's not, he, I wouldn't see him as kind of shoulder the last defender type player, but he seems to live just beyond the <laughs> the shoulder of the last, well not just beyond, he's normally about two or three yards offside. Yeah, one optimistic viewpoint was it's just a matter of him learning to adjust, but he's 30 I think, yards. I think the offside rule's similar everywhere. Yeah. I know Inzaghi used to play it in a similar way in Italy. He used to kind of be permanently offside. But. You saying that? Oh, oh right, yeah. <laughs> cool. yeah. I was going to say Antonucci, Inzaghi. It's no, an just, interesting just both comparison. always offside. Right, okay. Inzaghi scored a lot as well, though. Hey, True. Antonucci might score a lot too. We've seen Still him score. Has, has Inzaghi ever been to Spencer's? No. Argument over. <laughs> Case closed. Yeah. Hey, Eddie Howe wasn't happy, was he? Well, how could you tell? As discussed, <laughs> he, like t- he told us <laughs> he does. He, he's. I didn't he's believe ni- him. He's all nice and posh. I mean, what, what I will say, which is unlike me, make Moscow do it. What I will say, which is unlike me, is that the referee was... Well, I'm not going to say it, actually. But no, OK, I will say it. You've convinced me. The referee was really poor for us. Hold um, him back, guys! It? Yeah, no. <laughs> We felt it was a really disappointing decision by the referee to award the free kick. It, it reminded me of playing rugger for the varsity squad when uh, there was a decision went against us but what was different in that game was our opponents that day they recognised that an injustice had been done and agreed to replay the point the point yeah <laughs> whatever I'd, they do I don't really watch rugger <laughs> well not university rules anyway yeah he's moaning about the free kick that Beluski scored but there's a, a sort of a, a what's the word a decorum issue here when Beluski has scored um, what has been written on the prep sheet here is a cumworthy thunder bastard. And that's nice, that. <laughs> like, like that. that. Yeah. To then come out and moan about the free kick. If you were a true lover of football, as like, I assume, Eddie Howe kind of likes it. I know his real love is collecting rare French wine, but he's got a liking for football now and then. If there's a game on, he'll watch it. If you, But if you really love football, you're not going to moan about the free kick. You just have to say, what a goal. You know, spirit of the game, Corinthian spirit. You just got to hand it to Beluski and say, you know, credit to him. I thought he, uh, in his celebration, didn't really make a meal of it. You know, just walked back to the halfway line, handshakes all round, and that's the spirit I like to see the game played in. Not all like just our player tackle properly, doing a bit of Lee Clark. Well, we are now top of the league, lads, um, which is great news. Albeit the bottom half of the league, we are still top of it, but we should celebrate our position there. 13th? I'll take it. Oh, no, are we going up now? I think the consensus is we're probably not going up, but we're heading in the right direction. Eduardo Chilino says we're going up slowly, he said. It was funny, actually, after 
the game last night, how much of the sort of Chilino circle crawled out on Twitter. Nicholas Salerno was tweeting as well, saying, oh, this is a great result for the team. And all that. And Eduardo suddenly popped up after he's like put a burger down to say, yeah, we're doing really well. You didn't see them after Watford. You didn't see them after Bradford. <laughs> it's strange watching it on a stream. As well. The other thing that struck me when you're talking about decisions is that there was no replays. So you you see the foul and normally you and you see the the goals and normally you kind of get replay after replay of various angles and it's you hear it all discussed. Whereas as it was, I I can't even remember if that was a free kick or not. The, no. for the, so I'm presuming Eddie Howe's talking shit. Did on your stream did they start showing replays of the goals at the end because they um, they didn't replay Bournemouth or Dukara's, which makes me think that it may not have happened. But then when Belusky scored, we suddenly got a replay of that because it was that good. Oh, I didn't see that. Maybe if Eddie Howard had a replay, he would have held his hands up and stopped crying. The news. Another busy fortnight then in the world of Leeds United, but the big question is, can we fire this up today? It's the sacking siren. Has anybody lost their job at Leeds United significant um, in this fortnight? Every job significant at Leeds United. Everybody contributes to be creating the club into the magnificent organisation that it is. All right. The loss of yeah. one job is like a slice off the heart that is Leeds United. Um, yeah, probably, but we haven't heard about it. I'm sure we'll get we'll get to somebody at least who deserves it. Okay. So well, actually, Dominic Polion was effectively sacked. Was he? Do we, well, sort of. He's, I think he was sold. Well, he was bemused. He was described as stunned in the papers, but I think he, the quote was more that he was bemused. Given a new con, this it's classic Massimo sacking tactics. Gave him a new contract, told him he was going to be a big part of the club. You may as well just play the sacking siren right now. Should I do that? Yeah. There we go. I've played it a few times now already. Warning, Polion. Warning, Don Polion. Warning. Danger. Yeah, he was going to sign a new contract and go on loan for the season to Oldham, and he said that was all absolutely fine. And then the club said, actually, we don't want you to sign that contract. It was a test. I can't believe you said you'd go on loan. You disloyal fucker. Get out. Even when they uh, took a presumably improved contract away from him, which is a little bit unfair if you've already said, if everybody's agreed, right, we'll get the paperwork back to you tomorrow, then the paperwork arrives and it's like... Where is the paperwork? Oh, it's in Oldham. (laughs) (laughs) But he was going to be happy to go. He said, all right, don't give me an increased wage. I'll just go on loan to Oldham. And they were like, it's not how it works, Dominic. Um, and yeah, when he said he, he feared that he would just be left to rot in the reserves. So he put in a transfer request and then fine, I'll just go and sign for Oldham. And then, uh, yes, contract traitor rebel request transfer and he's gone to Oldham. Did he win Man of the Match in his first game or something daft? He did. Did he score? Don't think, think he so. scored. Okay. So he, he didn't even score, but he won Man of the Match. It must have been quite some performance. I find they it hard w- to believe that he knew what the word bemused meant. Since he didn't even know what a cow was like. <laughs> Cow type things, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, a good point. Maybe that also put, brings into question the the matter of his contract. Yeah. Uh, maybe he just saw Steve Morrison's. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> hey, aren't we going to need all the players possible because we're going to be under a transfer embargo soon? So, well, so Phil Hay thinks, Massimo thinks. Well, it's funny when we spoke to him on the last podcast, we kind of skirted around the financial fair play thing. And um, uh, Phil even mentioned transfer embargoes, but we never really thought, or did we, maybe? that Well, he was saving it all for his column. <sighs> How selfish of him. Yeah, the theory is that because of everything that GFH ever did ever, we're going to fail the financial fair play test in... December and as such the punishment is expected to be a transfer embargo I'm not sure how long it lasts it's just one window initially I think until you get things back in order I was going to say isn't it until you prove that you are not going to continue to lose shitloads of money which obviously we're not because we sold Ross McCormack yeah Yeah, it's confusing but, but that wasn't in the correct time period so we have to skip a window until Ross McCormack qualifies etc yeah so the idea is that to get us through that um through January we bought a thousand players, which just makes me wonder. I mean, are we missing out on a fun January this way? What if there isn't an embargo and January comes around and everybody else is buying players and we're all just like, in fact, even if there is a transfer embargo, I bet Chilino's going to get shit for not signing anybody in January. <laughs> Worst January transfer window ever. Where's all the McCormack money gone? Well, the good news is, the good news is, even when you're under a transfer embargo, you are allowed to sell, which will probably make the day of the Legion United Twitter guy, hey? 
Transfer deadline night. Yeah. Don't go to bed. Thrill a minute. Signed on Polion back just to sell him again. We have still got quite a lot to move on. That was one of the disappointing aspects of the transfer window. The stuff we've got still to move on ain't moving though, is it? Hunt. It's, it's bad shit that ain't going to be sold. The well, best we can hope for is that we offload him on loan and get a few grand a week yeah, towards, save a the, few grand. towards their wages. Yeah. Some of the, uh, what I would have regarded until the last few weeks as core first team players probably have a bit of a risk as well because Murphy ain't playing. Mm. Has he even been on the bench? Like, he may have been in, on the bench. Austin fought his way back in. He's been suspended for most of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If I just completely ignored his suspension. Yeah, yeah Murphy I think he was, I think out of favour. Like I did with Byron. With the football league. Where's Byron? Fox Byron playing? I will say this though, he, he might now find himself out of favour because he's got a number of players in front of him, I would argue. I think his sending off was, was stupid enough to justify a three-game ban, even without the official three-game ban. <laughs> You're not playing for a while. So who is ahead of him? Slut. Bianchi, who I don't think's all that. But, you know, your opinions may vary. Um, Moat, Austin. Benedicic. Adrian could be playing at the tip of the diamond. Montenegro. Tongue. He's got a whole nation ahead of him. <laughs> Who else? Who was the one you just Michael said? Michael Brown. Norris. 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 Of course, yeah. And Dukara seems to be sort of doing that top of the diamond thing from time to time. I wasn't really sure where Dukara was playing. Neither, neither was he. <laughs> He's just he general. Well it, but he was kind of a bit all over the place. I think that's kind of the plan, cause chaos. Sharp and Antonucci seem determined to go absolutely nowhere near each other. I just... I said they were like um, sulky teenagers who just had a fight and just like staring at each other from opposite side of the pitch. Dickhead. Maybe, maybe, Dickhead. maybe, maybe they had a disagreement about the Anglo-Italian cup or something. <laughs> that's a he started that's from the past. Yeah, Ancona should well have won that. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, Sharp wanted to go to the Prince of Wales. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't believe you drank in Spencer's, you tramp. But yeah, you wouldn't even go in there. And then Dakara's in the middle just like, hey, why can't we all just be friends? I don't look like I'm going to score, but there's a hat trick. <laughs> uh, one of the players we did mention there, Adrian. Oh, my God. What a pedestal that child is on. Oh, my God. Having said that, I did tweet from the Squareball account, that little uh, touch that he did in the LUTV highlights where he just uh, dinked it through a player's legs and then opened it up into the middle of the park. Beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, are you are you semi erect there, Moscow? Or not really? No. Uh, I I prefer my footballing heroes to be a bit more rugged and not quite so puppy faced. Like Luciano Becchio, for example, he's a nice rugged character. Mm. You wouldn't have seen him sort of glowering out from the bench like a seal. He doesn't even look like a puppy. He looks like a seal pup. Rug- I'm not having rugged when he turned up with his long hair. Yeah, yeah, but it takes a real man to grow hair that long. <laughs> And then cut it off in a defiant gesture. Yeah, exactly. Mm. When he when he went from uh, when he started looking like Iggy Pop, it's my favourite Luciano Becchio era, the Iggy Pop years. Yeah, Adrian. I think I'm There's probably got a whole wall dedicated to his Iggy Pop look <laughs> on your wall. Adrian, probably going to have to see him play before. That's I can... probably a good idea. Actually, that's that's almost bordering on sensible. Don't be stupid. He's brilliant. Mm. I can't believe he's not playing. Well, it's interesting what Tim Vickery, um, South American football expert, said, isn't it? That's, that's an interesting Self-appointed. <laughs> Where's his qualifications? He doesn't, he doesn't speak for me. <laughs> he's, he's a bit clever on the old uh, South American football, and uh, he reckons that Brian the Paraguayan is actually our best signing. Montenegro. Mm-hmm. Reckons West Ham mistreated him when he went over there too young and... They'd taken a speculative punt on him, which is nothing like what we have done. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> we signed him along with nine other strikers. <laughs> I was going to say, it's nothing like, I mean, Montenegro might be ready, but Cagliari kind of took a speculative punt on Adrian. And then another, uh, a European football expert, self-appointed, and Leeds fan, asked if Adrian had the same potential as Coutinho. Occasional purchaser of, of the square ball, no less. Not after this. <laughs> when, he, when he said, uh, describing as having the same potential as Coutinho is over-egging it somewhat, uh, Coutinho was actually coming good for Inter and it was a surprise that they sold. With Adrian, he never showed any sign of coming good at Cagliari and seemed a complete bust. Well, who gives a fuck what you think? <laughs> He's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> who likes busts? Mm. Nobody. Oh no, I see what you mean. Yeah, Those kind exactly. of busts. Everybody. He's a glorious pair of tits. <laughs> hey, listen, he, he turned down the scumbags from Salford a couple of years ago, so he must be good. Adrian. Mm. Well, <laughs> yes, this was a couple of years ago uh, when he said, uh, Man United did talk to me and showed interest, but I was not interested in moving at that point. Let's see if something adequate comes up in the future. And now he's at Leeds United. This is that future. We are that adequate thing. We are now that adi- came up. Adequate. adequate. <laughs> 
Fantastic. Things are moving up. Yeah. Do you think we are going to be subject to any more winding up orders in the near future? They're coming out of nowhere. <laughs> with At least with the Sport Capital one, we had a little bit of time to prepare. Well, these ones are coming out of the left back position, never mind nowhere. Do people not send sort of reminder letters anymore? We seem, to have that, we seem to have that many of these. It's rather than send us a bill. People just, they're not going to pay it. Just send them a winding up order. It wasn't so much um, a reminder letter, more a series of angry text messages um, that caused all this. It was Graham Bean, who is um, a consultant, and uh, it's described by Charlie Sale in the Daily Mail as effectively in day-to-day control for Italian owner Massimo Cellino. He was sent incendiary texts by the representatives of Stephen Warnock's agent, one text saying, pathetic old policeman trying to throw his weight around. It doesn't work without the uniform old man. I will meet you anywhere, anytime, no problem. Don't ever try to threaten or intimidate me. I've seen your waistline. Ladies and gentlemen, football administration. And yes, apparently we were due to pay some commission on Stephen Warnock and didn't. And so they went to court, winding up order oh, over, no. over Stephen Warnock. Somebody surely should be taking the fall for this. You would have thought so, wouldn't you? Graham Bean. Whoever, somebody's got to be responsible. Let's fire that man or woman. It got thrown out, so uh, I think the assumption is that we just paid it. That's one way to get a winding up order sorted. But the interesting thing about it was that um, we've apparently ended all contact with this agency. They also represent Benito Carboni. Yeah. So we don't, I mean, this story goes back to the 1st of August. When did Benito Carboni hear that particular siren? Fourth uh, of August, ah. uh, Benito Carboni left Leeds for um, family family reasons. Well, hang on there, Poirot. <laughs> the, yes, the the family reason in this case seems to be that his his agent had been calling our consultant a wanker, mm. sending him abusive texts. Wow. Um, so that ended up with that's interesting uh, timing, coincidental timing. Obviously, I'm sure it's yes. I didn't mean to draw any uh, connection between the two completely separate events. Mm. Um, but it's a shame that if Benito was doing a good job at the academy, and given that perhaps our academy boss now has other things on his mind, it would have been handy to have somebody like Benito around. Mm. Maybe he would have spent the summer working on it, improving it, working with Neil to, to make it better. Speaking of coaches, uh, a moment's silence maybe for the late Oscar Garcia. He's still alive. Cause oh, he, is he? Because, because he didn't get the, the lead job. Says. That's <laughs> not what the prep Well, I, I did write on the prep sheet that he's dead, but that's because he theoretically is because he nearly got the lead job, apparently. And mm. those chest pains, can you imagine? Bearing in mind our poor fortune with news events overtaking the Squareball podcast quite quickly. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I do dread to think how moments after this is released... The Daily Mail are going to be on this, aren't they? I'd to apologise. Leeds podcast. Mops. Revels in death of <laughs> beloved football manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next, the next one you're going to have to introduce it. Hang on, hang on. He was a foreigner working in this country. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Go back. Thank God. Put Brave down. square ball, boys. <laughs> Sending him back home in a coffin. <laughs> Hey, Matt Smith, um, his full career. He's not dead, is he? No, he's not. He's alive and well. But I mean, he's, he's French. He's he's suspended, sent off 18 minutes into his Fulham debut. Take that, Monsieur Smith. Yeah. I have no real ill feelings towards Matt Smith, but I did laugh when I saw him being sent off. Did you see the sending off? Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't tackle. Stupid. He's six foot eight. Don't try and tackle. It's hard to, it's hard did to... he learn no lessons at Chef Wednesday? In that game. It, lo- it, re- it was exactly the same area of the pitch. Sheffield Wednesday was the elbow, um, and this was the ankle. But it, was just, it must be if he gets in that zone, he's like... Both fairly important joints. He's like, oh, I, I, am, I do not know what I am doing in this midfield. I think I just try and clatter some asshole. And then when he goes back up front again, he's a bit more comfortable. He's like, sorry, guys, I had a bit of a strange moment there when I dropped a bit deep. I'll, I'll score a header now. No, you won't. You're off. It's what hard. are you talking about, referee? <laughs> you're mad. It's hard for him to tackle when you're that size. Yeah. Well, okay. So why does he do it? Well, because he's having a French brainstorm. Hey, do you reckon we're ever going to get a new coach? I- I'm wondering. I'm starting to wonder. Better without. Chilino said he was going to buy a bus. Where is that bus? Did we buy the Where's bus? Where's the bus? Where's the bus? <laughs> Where's the bus driver? Um, hail to him. Three have come at once. <laughs> this is typical. Yeah, so maybe you should just buy a bus and put that in charge. Look, Double decker. Our record without, without managers. 5-1 against Huddersfield. It's the future. All the evidence points to us being better without any sort exactly. of manager or head coach. Yeah. Undoubted promotion form. Seven points from nine. That'll get you promoted. And everybody's loving uh, how much more enjoyable the same terrible brand of football is under <laughs> under Neil Redfern. If if we'd have drawn like that against um, Birmingham under Hocker Day, for one thing, we wouldn't have had the brilliant last half an hour. So that's the major point. But for another, so we'd have lost. Yeah, they're not really going anywhere with this, am I? <laughs> Don't defend Dave Hocker Day. The man's an idiot. The watermelon. The watermelon. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> the watermelon I, uh, is an idiot. Dave Watermelon Hocker Day. What? There was a BBC News article um, entitled Dave Hockaday, The Wrong Watermelon. What was it about, Mask? It sounds like a kid's book, like to an anti-bullying tale. I wish you were defend the author of that article, Mr Adam Pope, because he's a fine local broadcaster and we all have absolute respect for him, his strange fruit-related... <laughs> <laughs> we <It> had <laughs> great respect for his fruit-related writing. It was Massimo's fruit-related um, thing anyway, something about... You don't know what a manager's like until you crack him open. Like a watermelon. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem with um, finding the new coaches. He keeps stoving their heads in with a hammer, <laughs> like as if they are a watermelon. Uh, his brain's not, not too ripe. <laughs> it's a little bit close to... Was, put, it, was it Stalin or Lenin who said about making an omelette and breaking a few eggs, describing the death of millions of his own citizens? No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. I'm just just saying it's a little bit close to that. I'm going to say it's a million miles away, just to stay on the right side of any dictatorial comparisons that uh, Chilino's lawyers wish to take up with us, with you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Solidarity there, boys. Cheers. Have you got that siren? (laughs) That's two down. Welcome to the Square Ball Podcast. I'm delighted to be be joined today by Oddie. Hello. And nobody else. (laughs) That's it. Dropping like flies. Well, maybe if the if the Leeds United team does better without managers, maybe this podcast will be better without any podcasters. Mm. Just an hour of silence. Quite possibly. We've had about eight or nine different favourites now for this, which is ridiculous in itself. I think the bookies may be having a bit of a laugh. The, the latest favourite, although he's ruled himself out today, Darko Milinic from Sturm Graz. Do we know anything about this man? He's 47 years old. He's okay. Got, he's got long hair. Has he? Well, he did have at one point. Can we describe him as swarthy? Um, if you want. He's got long hair. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's, you know, Slovenian. Slovenian, stroke Yugoslavian. Played for both. Seems a bit of a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> Make uh, your mind. I'll tell you what, that's going to bloody well upset Brian Montenegro. <laughs> as um, Balkans jokes. This is amazing. <laughs> Who was Andy Townsend commentating on? Oh, it was Spain. When... Um, in some international game when Andy Townsend was complaining about Catalan players not mixing properly with the Spanish players and he was just like it's ridiculous the coach just should sort it out and Rude Hullett said 
Well, I think you'll find that the uh, the political situation in Spain runs a, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, I don't care. Coach should sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> Serbia, Montenegro, ridiculous. Crack their heads together. Why don't the coach sort it out? <laughs> Get Del Bosque to that West Bank. <laughs> Andy Townsend <laughs> standing in the Gaza Strip. <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> This is a joke. <laughs> hey, he's won stuff as Milanic, hasn't he? Not yes. much. No, he's won some stuff. What Slo- has he won? Slovenian Coach of the Year. Manager of the Year, it says here. You're Sorry, just, I'm You're just bending to Chilino's language. Don't but bend. Think of all the other people he was probably up against for that. Uh, word on the grapevine as well is that he may have the same agent as Benedikic as well, which oh, may, that's handy. may explain why they've come into contact with the club. The other word on the grapevine is that he's apparently presiding over the worst team that Stern Graps fans have seen for a decade. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> well, it's unf- I mean, it's the Austrian league. So that says nothing. I mean, David Hockaday wasn't particularly successful with Forest Green Rovers. Meant nothing when he got to Leeds United. This guy may not be particularly successful with Sturm Graz, who I remember beating scum in the European Cup, hilariously, years and years ago. He may not be very good with them, but it's a different game. Come to Leeds United, it could be a completely different story. If we've learned one thing from David Hockaday, you know, it should be that, that we can't just judge people on their past indiscretions or failures. I think or, the we did, though. Or the worst team for a decade. Well... There was a lot of let's just give him a chance going not on. Not a right lot. But there, were, there <laughs> was... Not, not, not here, there wasn't really. No, no. Not here. And there was also a bit of, well, nobody knew Don Revy before he was appointed, which is not strictly true. Don Revy was... Um, England had, international. Had, and had an entire tactical plan named after him at mm. Manchester City. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Although, obviously, Hockaday had the Sirencester Academy, so, you know... Probably does, similar. Does the Sirencester Academy merit a sacking Sirencester <laughs> Academy? <laughs> well, yeah. I think he left to, to go on to bigger and better things, but it's irrelevant. I mean, <laughs> everyone talks these days about the Sirencester Academy and all the players that have come as a result of it. Oh, yeah, like... Um, uh, Billy. Yeah. Smith. <laughs> Smithy. Right, back, Smithy, back, Jonesy. Back on a more serious note, um, Redders was at one point the favourite. He's now drifted odds-wise out to 9-1 to because Chilino's kind of ruled him out of it and... Redder seems happy enough going back to the academy. And would you quite like to see him stay there? It's a mark of how little people trust Chilino that he said, "I'm not giving him the job," and everyone goes, "Yeah, we'll keep him as second favourite." <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting with the academy because I do agree with the principle that um, we don't want to muck things up at the academy because if it works, it works. And Redfern's obviously doing a very good job. However, there are three fates that could befall uh, Neil Redfern. One, that he lives a happy and successful life managing Thorpe Arch Academy and brings through lots of great youngsters. Two, that he takes over as head coach of Leeds United is sacked within a week and we lose his experience. Three, that he could just get run over by a bus and then the academy would be buggered anyway. So I would hope there is more to the academy um, Where is the bus? <laughs> <laughs> I just bought the bus now. Neil Redfern is dead. Obviously, First Oscar now, Neil. <laughs> obviously, I hope that fate has more in I, store. I than kill just, them all. Than just those three options. I feel terrible now for saying that Neil Redfern only has three options in life. <laughs> academy, leaves bus or death. <laughs> death by Chilino bus. But yeah, the Academy ought to have more to it than just... Neil Redford. It's got it Jason Blunt. It. it has got Jason Blunt. Well, you don't have to be a great player to be a great coach. This is Dave true. Hockaday is <laughs> proof of that. It, some very interesting reactions from Chilino for some of the candidates. I mean, you you would think that some of this is at least a bit in part tongue in cheek. How did he describe Darko Milanic or ask a question he posed? Is he a film star? <laughs> oh, 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 I think he sounds. Oh, oh, Mr. President. He sounds more like a Bond villain, doesn't he? Darko Milanic. I don't know. I don't watch many. Serbia's entry for world's strongest man. Isn't he Slovenian? You know, yeah, well, you know, one of them. It's all the same. <laughs> all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Sorted it out. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Why don't the coach just get them playing together? Look, yeah. Serbia, do you want to be part of this or not? <laughs> <laughs> Oi, Montenegro, pipe down. And uh, then Alex Sabella, uh, World Cup finalist manager, previously United player, seen by millions if not billions on the TV this summer. What did he ask of him? Is he a dentist? I need a dentist. (laughs) What's strange about the Alex Sabella story is that it doesn't appear to be complete total nonsense because Alex Sabella has put in his own... (laughs) 
What on earth, sir? What's wrong with him? It's put in his own particular brand of... just. There's there's not enough nonsense at Leeds, so I may as well say that I have unfinished business at Leeds United. <laughs> he left 40 years ago. I mean, I, I know Leeds gets in your blood, but I would have thought he'd be more thinking... Oh, I've got unfinished business in the in the World Cup final. <laughs> no, oh no, I really regret what happened at Leeds United forty years ago. I wish there was a chance had gone at Oldham. I, I, I was I was off balance. That haunted me since. He played longer at Sheffield United. Yeah. He did at Leeds. Well, he finished his business at Sheffield United. Clearly, it would be a, it would be a terrible thing if he came back and all that his training regime was going around to like young Lewis Cook. I don't want to pressure you, Lewis, but. <laughs> 1980, there was a ball came in across. It was it was about here at Ellen Road. It, it bounced just a little bit too high. I couldn't quite tuck that away. If a chance like that comes to you this weekend, and I think it will, I want you to score. Not just me, not just for me, for my family, who've been waiting for that moment for years. <laughs> think of the entire Argentinian nation. Which is why um, Alex Sabella cannot have this job. Chris Hewton's not on the betting list, despite doing an interview in which he said... Yeah, quite fancy the Leeds job, actually. <laughs> Chris Hewton can't come because of the way he ignored and mistreated Luciano Vecchio at Norwich City. I mean, he is on the and list. Alex Sabella can't have the job for the way he ignored and mistreated um, Luciano Vecchio as Argentinian boss. That's fair enough. So they're both ruled out, in my opinion. Uh, who would you like to see? That's my question to you. Well, I looked at the list today and I saw the name Walter Zenger. <laughs> and I thought, wow, I'd love Walter Zenger to be manager. <laughs> that would be amazing. Just for the sort of a, a 90s... Amiga computer game sort of throwback. Mm. Has, has he ever managed to I team? don't care. It's Walter Zenger. Have you just been lumping money on him mm. for a laugh? James BT8 to one, that's worrying, given he's just been sacked by Accrington, who are mm. bottom of the football league. <laughs> yep. Oh, when he was manager of oh, I'm on it, I'm on it tonight. <laughs> he was When he was managing Accrington at the bottom of the football league, wasn't he wearing a three-piece suit on the touchline? He was. He was wearing a waistcoat, managing That probably rules him out, Stanley. actually. Yeah. Yeah, you do not dress better than me. <laughs> dress for a wedding. <laughs> Top hat and tails. <laughs> like, the, like this, the Monopoly man. A monocle. <laughs> Chris that's, Eubank. That's what we... <laughs> yeah, Chris you anybody, as long as our next manager is wearing a monocle and a top hat. I met him at a railway station. He says he runs the railways. <laughs> he talks about some guy, Thomas. I think we signed him. <laughs> Coming up. Cup final day in West Yorkshire for the Tricky Terriers on Saturday. That should be fun, shouldn't it? They're 22nd in the league. That's the relegation spots. Well, they made the um, cardinal mistake of sacking their manager early in the season. Of what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Keep up. Sorry, I'm not I'm not on it tonight, despite my earlier proclamation. Yeah, Mark Robbins saved the bookies a packet by getting sacked before Dave Hockaday. Bit Nobody bit saw that coming. One in the eye for Hockaday, that. I bet he thought, if there's one thing I can achieve this year... I could be the first sack. I'll be the first man to be sacked. Maybe that's the only thing that he looks back on fondly as well. I might be Dave Hockaday, but at least I'm not Mark Robbins. <laughs> Except Mark Robbins will probably get a job again. <laughs> and they, and they've got... Um, He's got his ten grand still as Dave. <laughs> He's blown it all. Went, 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 down the, went down the bookies and blew it all. Put it all on Walter's anger. <laughs> <laughs> they really like me at Leeds United. They've given me an inside tip on who's going to be the next manager. I can turn this ten grand into two hundred thousand. <laughs> ten grand on Walter's anger. They got. Uh, they've got Chris Powell. They were apparently they were going after Neil Lennon. Went high in their betting, which is a little bit disturbing. No one yeah. knows if he's even any good. He's only managed Celtic in a, a rangerless Premier League. So True. Walter about, Zenger would have won that. What about Chris <laughs> Powell? I quite yeah. like Chris Powell. It's a bit of a shame. Can we put well, up with a likeable... I, I think he's a fairly likeable, normal human, which means he probably won't get on very well at Huddersfield. Yeah, I mean, when, he's, when he sees what they do to dogs, mm. any man would Sacked turn and walk. I don't want Walter Zenger anymore. I've looked him up and he's bald. Oh, no. Oh, that's not right. He used to have lovely hair. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, that sort of lank side parting. Yeah. Completely bald now. I, I mean, mean, I'm not. I'm not particularly in a position to criticise this, <laughs> but look at him. Oh, that's not right. No, that's wrong. That's that's challenged everything I knew about my childhood. And he's got a beer belly. Are mm. there any um, mid 1990s Italian goalkeepers who have retained their boyish good looks, or do we just give it to Marco Silvestri? <laughs> he, he's retained his girlish good looks. We could um, we could put Silvestri's girlfriend in charge. She's pretty popular. He's, mm. he's in charge of Al Jazeera. Is uh, Walter Zenger the TV channel? It seems so. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, back to Huddersfield. Um, did uh, you know that um, 
our ex-captain is now playing in their midfield. What? He's playing, been playing central midfield, yeah. Is that why they're 22nd? Probably, yes. Who? Lee, Lee Peltier. Kevin Nichols. <laughs> oh, Lee Peltier. Hey, many Lee, Lee, listen, we need, to, we need to get down to the nitty-gritty here, so right. um, what is it the internet bullshitters who scored.com hey. reckon they're good at? You take that back. Our future sponsors who scored.com say that Huddersfield are good at attacking down the wings, at creating long-shot opportunities, and creating scoring chances. It says that they take a lot of shots, which maybe is why they've got them down at uh, being good at creating long-shot opportunities. Maybe it's a bit like Rudolf Austin is good at creating long-shot opportunities. It's just having a long shot, isn't it? Creating a long shot It's just twatting it a bit. I think Rudy Austin's entire life has been just one long-shot opportunity. They're bad, however, at finishing scoring chances, keeping possession and defending against through balls, which, after what we saw against Bournemouth, I'm predicting four goals from Mirko Antonucci. That's pretty um, much everything about football. (laughs) <laughs> they're bad at. They, no, they do football. <laughs> uh, yes, scoring, keeping possession and defending against through ball. It says it doesn't say anything about crosses. They might be quite good at defending against crosses. Fortunately, we've got we no winners. So, yeah. yeah, it's going to be nailed on through ball after through ball. Cook Antonucci, Cook Antonucci, Cook Antonucci, Cook Antonucci. Doesn't really look like scoring. Cook Antonucci, Cook Antonucci, Cook Antonucci, Cook Antonucci, Cook Antonucci. Stop Cook, it, stop Antonucci, it and then Antonucci will go to Spencer's and buy everybody a drink. One drink per goal. That's what it's Cook, Antonucci. Yeah. Cook won't be there because he's not old enough to drink. Excellent. On to Brentford. Away game. They are mid-table, slightly above us. Fair old while since we played, um, what, 9-10 season. We drew their nil-nil. It was 1-1 at Ellen Road in that season. Can I blow your mind? Go on. Our ex-captain is playing in their midfield. <laughs> That's my mind blown. It's Lee Peltier. <laughs> Jonathan Douglas. He's only 32. No way. No, I don't. No, I'm not having that. He scored a goal. No, he did. Seems, I saw that. Unbelievable. I saw that. Was it a week. good goal? My own eyes. How was it? I can't remember. It was the football league show. It was about one in the morning. I was probably pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get you get drunker as the evening goes on on a Saturday. It makes the regular the defeats time, easier to take, doesn't it? Yeah. By the time they're on to the other championship games, you kind of you vaguely watch the main ones and then you sort of drifting off. If if you suddenly jerk away and see that Brentford are on, you assume that you've slept through the Leeds goals and now you're in League One. <laughs> oh fuck. I'll watch it on iPlayer in the morning. Um, which will be confusing if they show the goals in from the game which we're playing against them. What are they good according to who uh, according to whoscored.com? What do they do? Uh, they're only good at two things. So this should be easy. They're good at counter-attacks and comebacks from losing positions. So what we need to do against them is not attack so that they can't counter-attack and not score so that they can't come back from a losing position. We need to go behind. We'll no, 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 we need to go behind, as we do, and then win. So we come back from a losing position, not them. I'm not sure if we're good at that. I haven't checked. I have to consult whoscored.com later. also says they're non-aggressive, which, as far as I'm concerned, is an open invitation to get into them and fuck them up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't doubt whoscored.com whatsoever, but they've got Jonathan Douglas uh, in midfield, and yet they're non-aggressive. Maybe he's changed. The stats show that he's changed. I did see um, last night an upset Bournemouth fan saying, I had a lot of respect for Jason Pearce, but after what he did last night... What did he do? He's changed. What did he do? Well, Play, he was playing for them thugs. That's what I thought. I thought, what, what, what did he do? I can't imagine when he played for them, he was a kind of a big softy who, who used to not pull defenders and jump all over people's backs. Ball-playing defender, that's yeah. what he was. <laughs> he was Franco Baresi when he was at Bournemouth. They, were they just having a go at him for being a central defender? I think so. And yeah. he's changed. Playing for Leeds. Well, that's right. I mean, if they wanted to moan about anybody, it would be um, Pepe Bolusky faking injury and then trying to roll back onto the pitch really slowly. <laughs> that was quite entertaining because he did a really crap job of it uh, to the point where I thought the Bournemouth player was going to put his foot there and so you're not going to roll any further but um, it's, it's great when they're doing it for us though isn't it yeah uh, yeah no yes it was great because he'd, <laughs> he'd already scored the free kick by that point so everything he did was great if it had been before then it would have been get up you stupid bastard alright then so for those games uh, Huddersfield at home Brentford away predictions I'm again confidently predicting six points as I've predicted every time so far you lot so it depends who the manager's going to be. If well, Coach, reckon, if we've got sorry, a manager, sorry. we'll probably lose them both. If we haven't, we'll win them both. We don't want to change a, win, a winning um, vacancy. The Ken Bates, villain of the fortnight. This is the fortnightly award that we give to somebody who has contributed to our ongoing state of misery as Leeds United fans. Now, it has been a fairly decent fortnight. Um, so will there be slim pickings here? Who knows, right? First up, 
Ken Bates for what's his nomination for? We're certainly not slim pickings. I'm sure half the match balls from Leeds United, if they did an audit, they'd find them under his shirt. He claims now, in disgusting terms, to be kissy kissy with uh, Leeds United. That's a foul image. Oh, kissy kisses. He's <laughs> got a horrid image of him molesting one of the junior members of staff at Yorkshire Radio, which I'm sure he doesn't do. <laughs> 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 There we go. Is that him sacking someone? Or? I'm not sure. I'm just considering my options at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody ought to be sacked for that. The story on his fucking video blog this week <laughs> is that you can tell it's getting like <laughs> is that he uh, uh, agreed everything because he was suing the club. Apparently, he says that now you can't just sue people; they make you go to mediation. Uh, mediation. And David Haig was appointed uh, GFH's mediator, uh, at least according to the lawyers. Um, David Haig basically agreed to everything that Ken Bates wanted. Um, How did he manage that? <laughs> oh, it was a while ago, right? It was yeah. yes. It was this was pre-jail. That's the way. David since learned that the best way to mediate is to just let people do whatever they want. So he let he let um, Ken Bates do whatever he wanted, but then Hishan, no surprise, didn't honour. The agreement, and then also um, seemingly allegedly arranged to have David Haig put in jail. I'm sure that the <laughs> letting Ken Bates do what he wanted with this deal is in no way contributed to the idea of let's just fucking have him banged up. So that dragged on. He says it's cost the club £500,000 in legal fees, but then when he met Chilino at the start of August, Chilino had the agreement in his hand. He's like, hey, Ken, this is fine. It's all fine. Is there no problem? And he, uh, Ken says it's all been signed off and agreed, and that they're now all kissy kissy. The <laughs> he's on fire tonight. Rumor, the belief is that he's going to be getting the media rights for his uh, YouTube blog. He's going to be carrying, I don't know, commentary, which is a little bit well. It's very upsetting because even if it's well, all he's getting is the commentary rights. Yeah, but if he gets anything, even if he owns a Leeds United pencil sharpener. It upsets me. And what you're saying is it'd be for the best if he died. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, what I keep thinking. Yeah. And it's quite a, it's not a nice thing to think, but you mm. know, when someone just won't stop being a pest and they're in their yeah. 80s and you think, if you died, it'd be much more simple, this whole thing. <laughs> it'd be the best thing for everybody. It would. Yeah. I bet even Susanna thinks it some days. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Yorkshire Radio pens all around the house. <laughs> Did you see uh, Ben Fry's Don't tweet? Don't throw them away. <laughs> Did you see Ben Fry's tweet last night? Um, yes. <laughs> where, uh, um, for some reason, Tom Kerwin was, was tweeted a photograph of a, an old Yorkshire Radio pen, and everybody from Yorkshire Radio, as was, started piping up. They said, oh, I've got a couple of those. Like, yeah, I've still got one of mine. And then Ben Fry pops up, who never tweets anything, just tweets a photograph of a full <laughs> box. He's like, yeah, I've got a couple knocking around. I'll you know all the, lo- the losses it used to make, and we could never understand it? <laughs> <It's 'cause, laughs> I know, I think I've an error on the order form. Ben, ben, oh, we're six million pens. <laughs> we, we, we spend so much on pens. You think Ben would be fucking building a house out of them? Well, fully enough, Ken. He is. He's living in a house of radio Yorkshire radio pens, which is, I'm sure, is not as secure. He could have probably had all the um, blast-proof walls he wanted from Hesco Bastion protecting the troops, but no, he built a house of pens. <laughs> Okay, who else would you like to nominate for the Villain of the Fortnite Award? Steve Evans, manager of Rotherham, for being... Oh, for f- closer What's to Becky- he done? What's he done? Closer to Becchio than me. He's another one who can never take over Leeds United now because although he took Becchio to his ample bosom, he's misusing him. Substituted Becchio on his debut against Bournemouth after 50 minutes. That's not long enough for him to do his work. And then against Bolton after 56 minutes. Maybe he's, maybe he's easing him in so he doesn't get injured. I'm just wondering he how he's him. looking he's after him. Years. He's if looking you... after him. He's wrapping him in cotton wool. He's giving oh. him. A, what if he's giving his legs a little rub when he comes off? I don't want to keep get his you excited. Dirty hands off him. But can I just ask how this affects us as Leeds United fans um, at large, and not you and your personal filthy tastes? All right. Well, we should move on. To That's the when next we play one. them at the end of the season. Be absolutely on fire. I hope so. I look. It's one of those I'd like. Becky move on. Hat trick. All right. Move on. Ne- ne- uh, shut. Move on. Next nominee. Alexander David Beachmark's Alex Ravel. Who's he? He's the guy that Steve Evans keeps bringing on in place of Luciano Becchio. <laughs> this no mark has replaced Becchio twice. Now, it's, I mean, if it was, I would take this argument about easing him in if it was like 60 minutes, 70 minutes, but you don't substitute him after 56 minutes. For, Hang on a minute. We've and got um, Chris Houghton next. We've got um, 
Neil Warnock. Look at his name as well. He's he's called Alex Revel. So I googled him, and then you go to Wikipedia and find out that his name is actually Alexander David Alex, which I presume is a nickname. Revel. Who? Who did that? Wikipedia did that with David David Dave Hockaday as well. <laughs> But then why isn't Alex just straight after Alexander? If it's Alexander Alex David Ravel, but instead Alexander David Alex Ravel. It doesn't matter. It matters to me. He's so nominated. Twice. Anybody else who's not related to Luciano Becchio's situation at Rotherham? Sean Harvey. Yeah, boo, is Panto villain. Uh, <laughs> the Football League's corrupt. The Football League's corrupt. So was the position to get um, Sean Harvey sacked, was there not? Mm, well, well that, I preempted it with yeah. that siren. Harvey wasn't saying anything we didn't know. Perhaps the timing was a little bit off by suggesting the Football League would pursue Massimo Cellino if he was deemed to be dishonest. What's off is that it's Sean Harvey saying it, who <laughs> is a serial ad- administrator of clubs and worked for Ken Bates for years, claimed not to know who owned Leeds United for years, and he's just a general <laughs> of a man. <laughs> <laughs> Without putting too fine a point of it. That's so, it. support, support, all that business he did. And now all of a sudden he's the guardian of, of the Football League. This is not right. And you just think, it wouldn't be better for everyone if you died. <laughs> <laughs> Who else do you want to nominate then? Lee Clark. Okay, what's this? Is this anything to do with Becchio? Uh, no, it's because Lee Clark cries at everything and he'll cry at this. Okay. <laughs> so just, fair enough. Yeah, Controversial Lee. one, uh, Silvestri. Oh, okay. This is a bit... Oh. You've seen his hair. Is that you mm. speaking from a position of jealousy, given your lack? It of- makes me thankful to be bald. <laughs> I thought it was when you had cornrows that made the, your hair fall out. I like, <laughs> the, the, the treatment just was too Cause much. Because he, he's got quite a feminine face as well. It looks like a woman who's been on holiday to Mallorca and been collared by one of those people in the street. <laughs> he's had the hair braided and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, he just needs to stop it. Other than that, I mean, I can't fault him. He's, he's been brilliant. He's been yeah. absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but still, nominated villain. <laughs> Gotta keep him on the toes. I'd like to nominate Eddie Howe, by the way, for using uh, the story of 1990 as an attempted motivational tool for the Bournemouth squad. Did he? Apparently so. I yeah. missed this. What was he telling them? I don't great. know. I think you'd probably know this better than I was, given you, you, you do the voice. A long time ago, lads, there was a, a team called Leeds United came down here. It's turning into Brian McDermott. With all, with, with all their fans. Well, basically, I mean, well, fans. I was on basically. It's for the fans. It's for the fans. <laughs> so, the only way I can imagine you talking about Bournemouth 1990 is by saying Leeds United were absolutely brilliant. Their fans had a great time. Now go out there and beat them. All right, then, let's pull this together. Who would we like to give the award to? You have Kenneth Bates, who, of course, cannot win it under the rules for being kissy-kissy with Leeds United and Chilino again. <laughs> Steve Evans for substituting Becchio. Alexander David Alex Revel for replacing Becchio twice. twice. Uh, Sean Harvey, the Football League CEO. That means he's got to touch Becky as well, as the cross. He'll do a little handshake or a little high five. Sweaty palm. Don't make me any more angry than I already am. Lee Clark, simply because this will make him cry. Silvestri for having cornrows, <laughs> which seems a little harsh. And Eddie Howe for... 1990 motivational speeches. I thought you were just going to say Eddie Howe for 1990. <laughs> we could blame him if you want. Lee Clark can't win it because he'd be more upset by not winning. True. He's going to cry anyway, so yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. Obviously, my vote goes to this Revel character. Never eating Revels again. What do we reckon then? Harvey. Yeah, Harvey. As much as I think a lot of the this, this stuff is kind of Leeds fans' paranoia, it's Sean Harvey. Yeah, I mean, serial administrator of football clubs and serial winner of this award. Congratulations, Sean. Well done. Well done. I'm congratulating him. He's even free of Ken Bates. He used to win it for stuff that Bates had done, really. Now he's yeah. winning it. He's, he's, gone, he's off on his own. He's flown <laughs> he's the nest. he's fucking it up. <laughs> Any other business? All I'm going to say, if you haven't seen it already by the time this comes out, is have a look at thecitytalking.com, which is where I... Media whore. Which is where I whore medially. Just have a look. There's, there might be something there by it's the time you It's one of those this. trick websites. It's four old men sucking each other off when you go to it. <laughs> Hang on a second, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we finally decided to, to film the podcast. <laughs> I remember DermotO'Leary.co.uk for a period was that. People say, oh, God, have you seen DermotO'Leary.co.uk? Go on to it. Oh, God. <laughs> You've sullied my lovely promotion. Honestly, it will be something you'll like. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on your sexual taste. Yes. Uh, it is a very good website. I'll, I'll support him on this. Thank you. And he's going to have something really good for Leeds fans soon. And we've got a magazine out. Oh, yes. Issue issue two is out. It's out this weekend, isn't it, against Huddersfield? That's very exciting. Featuring a fantastic illustration of Massimo Cellino on the cover by Chris Moran. 
I can always I can recognise his work a mile off now. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's we've got a, a mock up of the, of the cover here that Oddie has drawn. <laughs> um, lovely, luscious black lips and long fingernails on black um, fingernails, long black fingernails, making um, turning goth. Missy Mochinino look like a, a gothic teenage girl. Very good, kind <laughs> of kind of sexy. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's already a little bit odd looking at Nora and seeing how much she looks like a dad. <laughs> this is uh, even more like it. But, but Moscow, if, are you folding that up and putting it in your pocket? <laughs> if you can get past the uh, the sexy cover, there's lots of stuff in there. The diary is particularly good, this issue. There is um, stuff about diamonds, uh, stuff about Neil Redfern, stuff about uh, buying Italian players, which is relevant to Leeds United, stuff about Seven Deadly Sins. There's a minute-by-minute match report of the 2006 playoff final, which might <laughs> which not is, sound all that great. But it is. But it is. <laughs> See, I remember that game and it was fucking awful. You'll remember it uh, More fondly, pretty much the same way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, uh, that's a genuinely very good read. And loads of other good stuff. I mean, for £1.50, you don't really need to know exactly what's in it. Don't you? mention Just the manual stuff. Oh, yeah, there's no nothing about Ross McCormack, who's scored this evening, by the way. And um, nothing about Manchester United because we don't do anything about players who don't play for Leeds or clubs that aren't Leeds United. So obviously there'll be nothing about Neil Warnock. True. <laughs> uh, there'll be nothing about Dave Hockaday. There's actually amazingly little about Dave Hockaday. We had me and Amo had a little moment where he, he thanked me for mentioning him in the Bradford report because he said we've just completely ignored him. Oh. <laughs> there's obviously there's no mention of. Um, Kerry Katona on um, Kasper Slut's head. Um, I mean, you mean Kerry Katona's head on Kasper Slut's body? <laughs> We're all very tired. Why don't we all go home? <laughs> we probably should. Anyway, listen, that'll be on sale against Huddersfield and it's available to buy now via the squareball.net. It's a pound for the digital download or you can get a digital sub from a tenner. Or you can buy it from me and Oddie. What a treat. I'd get it online if I were yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's all's done for this time. Um, thank you for listening to us. You can get in touch via email. Just send it to podcast at thesquareball.net. You can tweet at the squareball. You can also find us on Facebook. How technologically exciting is that? Cheers for listening. Then bye from me and Michael. Goodbye. And Moscow. Goodbye. And Dolly. Bye then. We'll speak to you <laughs> soon. Ta-ra. The Squareball Podcast. Don't think we can use any of that. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> 